0: Show Business Unusual. Colin Cullis. Um, Malaria, and we know that the battle against malaria, particularly on the African continent, is a never-ending story. We've seen some very brave and noble efforts to try and tackle malaria. There may be a more effective way of doing it on an industrial scale, using perhaps some recent experience that humanity has garnered uh, through dealing with uh, COVID-19.
1: Yeah, Bruce, this could be, could be massive. Um, effectively, malaria is um, responsible by some accounts for killing half of humanity. All of the unnatural deaths for as long as humanity has been around can be ascribed to a microscopic parasite carried by mosquitoes. And so for an ability for us to say, how do we reduce that burden on Africa where it's particularly bad? would be so significant for the continent and its future development. And and the reason I kind of chose it, because it is technical and business, I suppose, combined, but it also represents, finally, some pretty good news amidst all the other stuff that's not so good. And I say that as I sit here, uh, referring to your 100 out of 256 days, uh, by the by the dim light of my laptop uh, <laughs> while I'm busy being loadshed well, uh, to I, bring this to you.
0: I hope it's well charged and you've got a battery attached to your microphone, <laughs> Colin, for the next seven minutes at least.
1: Holding thumbs. Uh, so, Bruce, the thing that is incredible about this is that the, the parasite is very, very old. Uh, the first times humans realized we were getting sick from this thing and I- noticed the sort of strange fever that you get from malaria uh, was nearly four or five thousand years ago. Uh, f- effectively, some argue that Rome would have been much more, uh, powerful and spread to much greater places uh, if it weren't for malaria, because back then malaria was a pretty uh, significant issue affecting most of, of Europe as well. Um, and then over time, only the 1880s to be fair, uh, did they finally identify or, or make the connection between that there was this something that we got inside of us that caused it the italians uh, gave us the name uh, malaria, bad air they thought this was just something you breathed in and that's how you got it it was only in 1880 that they realized actually this was a this was a bug that we got and the following year after somebody put this forward germ theory etc was still very much new at the time um a doctor in cuba noticed that people who got yellow fever were typically in places where there were lots of mosquitos and figured I wonder if the mosquitos are somehow transmitting something to give them that. Uh those discoveries and the and the other uh, experiments etc to confirm that led to two Nobel prizes being given for that study in 1902 and 1907 and subsequently other research around malaria has resulted in additional Nobel prizes. This is the the scale and the and the importance of us trying to try and, and deal with it. And it's the scale on it that absolutely is incredible. We certainly have been focusing on COVID uh, for the last good many years for, for justified reason. Um, there have been over half a billion people that have been affected by COVID. Uh, but in Africa, uh, on any given year, you might have as many as two hundred million people uh, contracting malaria, and the vast majority of those would be children under the age of five um and the most of the deaths are for children under the age of 5 again now that for a for a continent that is young uh, that has so many other things to have to to deal with then then having that um burden on the productivity of countries uh, and the healthcare system to be able to k- take care of that is if not the biggest impediment certainly a very very significant one and one report i saw said it's as much as 12 billion dollars every year lost through lost productivity and the uh, and the burden on the healthcare systems and I'd imagine while not a direct uh, positive that would flow from it, if the world's tourists knew that Africa was a lot less likely to, to give you malaria, well, a lot more people would probably say, well, then I'm going to come and visit. Now it wouldn't be the case with this vaccine that they've announced that, uh, you know, you take the vaccine and you come and visit an area and you, you don't have the problem. The vaccine effectively is for the, for the local populations there to effectively uh, reduce the amount of the, of the, of the parasite. That is in, in, in circulation because it has a rather complex sort of life cycle. It exists in one form. I'm going to simplify this terribly. So my, my apologies to immunologists and people who do the actual biology, but it, it, it lives in a form inside the mosquito where it effectively allows to uh, breed and, and create its offspring, as it were. When the mosquito bites you, it injects uh, that form of the, of the, of the parasite into our bloodstreams. It travels through our bloodstreams and targets our livers. That's where it goes to, uh, to, to work. Uh, reproducing uh, into a new form, that new form that bursts out of our liver cells, which destroys in in the same time, goes back into the bloodstream and then attacks blood cells and comes out in the final version of the actual parasite, which then needs to be sucked up again uh, when next a female mosquito comes to take a bite of us. So the notion is if you can reduce the number of people who are infected with malaria, then effectively the likelihood of a female mosquito, a particular species, biting you and sucking that um, particular parasite in. Is lowered, uh, therefore there is no breeding happening, and there you break the chain, and, and so the whole the whole thing goes on. But it's proven to be very very difficult because of course there are millions and millions of these that get picked up and spat out every time somebody does get bitten, and when there are mosquitoes around all the time and they're probably biting a good couple of people in their relatively short lives, uh, you can see how that simply compounds uh, for causing the trouble. For the U.S., certainly where it was a massive problem uh, in the last century, uh, principally because when they started colonizing America and there were quite a lot of people that had come through from Africa, they sort of brought that malaria parasite along with them. And the conditions in in North America were very conducive for being able to allow it to spread, lots of swampy conditions, particularly in the South. And a lot of people were were very susceptible to being able to pick up malaria and died as a consequence. Mm -hmm. America followed the thing. You know, back in the 50s, they figured, well, just kill it, you know, with kind of pesticides. And DDT, they did. Um, my goodness gracious
0: me, destructive.
1: Exactly. So it's not the kind of thing that says, okay, we'll just start uh, spraying that stuff everywhere. That's, that's definitely not going to be the way to go. But that was a massive part of it. And so thankfully, and, and this is where maybe some people would... I don't know, wince a little bit, given, given his um, association with the COVID and other things. But Bill Gates, to his credit, has identified that this is the thing that's holding Africa back. And so the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation have for the longest time sought to try and find those additional options for how to go about remedying this. Yes, <laughs> fair enough. But this is where the vaccine and everything else comes up. GlaxoSmithKline, uh, the, the uh, University of Oxford and, and, and research that have been done there, lots of research done here in Africa, and certainly the trials all done here in Africa to test um, the, the efficacy and the stability for this particular uh, vaccine option is really the breakthrough. And again, uh, one of the reasons why I'm saying this is unique, we don't have a vaccine that's used in humans that can counter a parasite. They counter viruses, incredibly Mm. small and way more simple organisms that effectively, you know, to to our definition of it, are dead. This is a living, breathing, much more complex thing with the ability to sort of outmaneuver uh, most of our attempts in the past, including, you know, when they first noticed certain barks, you know, the quinine and people would drink that. It out evolved it. It, It's become less effective simply as a consequence of us taking the stuff to try and mitigate the problem. And then it, uh, you know, it it becomes resistant and, and continues to go. So that's the situation. And last year, tail end of last year, this this candidate was 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 found, uh, and the and the field trials began. Uh, and just last week, they gave an update to to how that was going. Uh, and maybe what I will defer to here is uh, the head of the WHO in um, in Africa is Dr. Machido Mueti. and this was her take uh, announcing the additional trials that were coming and what potentially it might uh, offer for Africa and the world in terms of addressing malaria.
0: The African Vaccine Regulatory Forum, convened by WHO, will support national authorities to fast-track the regulatory approvals to introduce this vaccine in the countries where it is needed. This is an excellent opportunity, too, to explore production on the continent of a vaccine that will benefit generations of Africans. The RTSS vaccine is a game-changer, and it's arriving at the right time. Progress in reducing the malaria burden in Africa has stalled in recent years, and innovative tools and approaches are urgently needed to get the global malaria control effort back on track. There are two
1: bits in what she said that, that I think are, are kind of going to be key for this. One, the development that is happening here in Africa. Uh, with COVID, we saw the difficulty in getting vaccines to Africa was yeah. in part because... Nobody was, was producing it yet. That's now changed with, with South Africa being able to start doing that. And hopefully that'll spread throughout the continent. Uh, and this initial, uh, well, no, this, the, the further batch that is due or has been secured for this is 100 million doses that will be produced by the Serum Institute in India, which is the largest vaccine manufacturer on the planet. But the ability for, for more African countries to start taking this on is not just a massive investment in you know, the bioengineering uh, 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 pharmaceutical type uh, uh, fields, which are going to be massive for us in the future. Uh, but also means you're going to be able to produce it at a cost that are hopefully going to be uh, a little more affordable uh, and simply get it distributed wherever you go. And and that's then, I suppose, the next bit. It's like, how will they distribute this? Because typically when you have a vaccine, it's not just a case of, well, there it is. uh, Now go and give it to everybody. And you remember with the uh, the very amazing mRNA vaccines, certainly the Pfizer ones um, that were very impressive, but had very restrictive um, storage conditions. They had to be stored at like minus 70 degrees uh, or else the stuff would simply fall apart. So, the first thing they had to establish with this particular vaccine is, is was it effective? And uh, there have been uh, other candidates in the past. There have been over 100 of them, in fact, that they've uh, they've tried. But none of them have offered the kind of efficacy that says, hey, I take this vaccine at the cost, and, you know, mm. potentially once you take taking the I- vaccine, you don't always feel
0: it's it's interesting isn't it Colin i mean yeah i think we've given up on trying to eradicate the anopheles mosquito i think there were efforts to do that there were efforts to sterilize the anopheles mosquitoes and all sorts of things because it's only the female mosquito um that carries the the pathogen that causes malaria uh, and i think there've been some very adventurous and significant efforts but if you can immunize humanity well then you've got a far better fighting chance of actually um seeing the end of malaria uh, finally a proper goodbye to malaria
1: Yes although they do still stress that this is not the magic bullet this is just a very very powerful one so they do still talk about you know controlling the the, the mosquitoes and you're right to say that one of the um, interventions was to breed sterile males they know they don't bite uh, they know that it, they, they can breed them. They've actually got markers in them. And the areas where they have re- released them, not on the scale of Africa, there are obviously massive areas and there's there's a big area to cover. But in the smaller patches where they've done them, usually in island uh, populations, et cetera, they have managed to reduce the number of mosquitoes down to way below. They're not making them extinct, but they, they're in such small numbers that effectively that the likelihood of the parasite to remain inside the mosquito to complete its life cycle goes away. The mosquito then continues. There are dozens of species of mosquito that cause no problem to anybody. Uh, this is, happens to be the one that carries it. So that is one. Uh, the, the nets, also a cheap intervention. You know, $5 gets you a net. And if, again, if you don't get bitten, you're not going to get a, a problem. So they, they do want to continue uh, with that particular intervention. And then it comes to the cost, uh, effectively, of this particular one. And it, it requires a multiple dose. They they target it at children where they are most vulnerable. As I say, half of all of the deaths in a, in a given year are for children under five. So they start uh, the administration sort of uh, before they're two. Uh, the plus side there is children at that age are already getting uh, other vaccinations for a whole range of other things. So it's not, it's not disruptive. You know, the, the parents would be bringing their child in anyway. They'll just simply get a, another shot of this vaccine. Uh, they will get three of them and then a final fourth booster. And the real... Game changer for this one has been now this most recent result has shown there was eighty percent efficacy uh, for protection for up to two years for those children. And once you're outside that five year sort of age gap, uh, you're a little more robust. Your body's a little more tuned. You can fight off those sort of things yourself. And again, if you're not, you know, allowing that parasite to to mix, and you know, your children in the house being the source where the mosquito is going to bite the child and then bite somebody else and, and make the spread, this is where the things will absolutely improve. It turns out about three hundred and fifty rand. Uh, for a, for a course of that, which which I think is is oh, is amazing. kind of possible. It's brilliant, brilliant. You know, under the circumstances. Under the circumstances, given the cost twelve billion dollars a year of lost mm. productivity and everything else, then for about three hundred twenty five million dollars, we potentially can change this. Having said that, South Africa is also behind on its targets. Twenty eighteen, it failed to meet it, and as you heard in that clip, they, they're behind it still right now. Hopefully, this is another. Um, element we can add to start seeing us catch up again and by 2050, for all the other great things that's happening in the world africa will start
0: saying malaria is not one of our problems anymore colin colors business unusual wonderful insights thanks colin